Welcome to Crime Me a River, a true crime and obscurities podcast. Welcome back to Welcome another back. episode of Crime Me a River. Yeah, today we're going to talk about like obscure stuff. Um, yes. Maybe, you know, I mean, there might be a little crime involved, but mostly just strange stories that we found particularly interesting. And in, as part of our show that we've talked about in the beginning, um, these obscure stories are going to be interspersed with some crime stories too. Um, just because they're they're sometimes creepy. Um, sometimes they kind of make you feel like crime. <laughs> like <Right. laughs> you know, the same same feeling kind of comes out of it. Um, but yeah, these these are interesting little stories. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sometimes you get Definitely. it, sometimes you don't. <laughs> Um, so yeah, that's what our theme is today. Um, so uh, later in the show, I'm going to talk about the death of Edgar Allan Poe. And Stacy, what are you talking about today? So my story is the Winchester Mystery House in San Jose, California. Such a good one. Have so, you been there? Yeah. You have? No, I want to go. Oh, okay. I, I have never been have to you been? the house. Um, so I've never been in or to the house. Um, I love San Jose and, you know, like pretty much essentially spending half my life in California. <laughs> um, right. Like it's something I've always heard about. But yes, I'm very excited for you to talk about this today. So Well, we take should away. take a trip once this yeah. is over. Oh, that'd be amazing. We'll do a whole episode. Yes. At the house. <laughs> Get some cool. live shots. That would be great. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I like the way you think. Let's do it. All right. So here we go. Yeah. So Sarah Lockwood um, party um, is the woman who started designing the house. And so I'm going to give you a little bit of a backstory first before we jump into all that craziness. Um, so she was born in New Haven in 1840 um, to a very wealthy family. Uh, when she was younger, everyone thought that she was such an odd child because uh, she was a child prodigy and very advanced for her age. Um, in 1862, when Sarah was 22, she married William Winchester, which is the son of Oliver and, and the owner of Winchester Repeating Arms Company. Mm-hmm. Um, on July 12th, 1866, They welcomed their first daughter, Annie Party Winchester, but unfortunately she passed away 40 days after her birth. Um, Yeah, because of a digestive disorder known as, okay, (laughs) if I say this wrong, sorry, but uh, (laughs) (laughs) Marasmus, how do you spell it? M-A-R-A-S-M-U-S. Marasmus? Marasmus? I don't know that I think one. So. Yeah, me neither. Um, I tried. So <laughs> <laughs> hopefully you find my ignorance entertaining. <laughs> I do. I can't speak Good. for everyone, but I do. <laughs> I know you do. <laughs> and <laughs> so then in 1880, uh, William's father died and left the company to him. But then the next year in 1881, Um, When William was 42, he died of tuberculosis. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So Sarah inherited $20 million, which is about $450 today. 
okay. and 50% ownership of the Winchester company. Um, so now this is where the story gets kind of convoluted. Um, some say that this legend was made up by a journalist um, of that time. So they had something to talk and gossip about. Um, but no Typical one really. Media. Exactly. <laughs> and um, from one of the one of the historians said, um, because no one really felt guilty about guns at that time because everyone needed and used them. So I could see that. But who knows? Some of it may be true. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. In 1866, uh, Sarah moved to San Jose, California. She wanted to get out of the house um, that she had with her, you know, husband and child, bad memories. Um, so she purchased an eight-room farmhouse on 161 acres of land and then began the work on an endless series of additions <laughs> to her home um, <laughs> that continued all the way up till about her death. So the story is that shortly after her husband's death, she visited a medium in Boston. The medium t told her that the Winchester family was cursed by the spirits of everyone who was killed by a Winchester rifle. Ooh, so then the medium, yeah, <laughs> right. So then the medium also told her that the curse could be lifted if she constructed rooms to house all of the spirits. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, it's also been said that Sarah held nightly seances to receive new construction plans from the spirits. And then others believe that she built the rooms to trap the aberrations. So who knows? Like, I don't hmm. know. <laughs> so she employed shifts of 16 carpenters on the house 24 hours a day. Wow. Every, every, every 365 days a year, these poor guys had no break in between. Oh my and, gosh. Um, she paid them. Yeah. She paid them three times the going rate to ensure that their hammering never stopped. So. It's uh, <laughs> like, if I'm you're not, hammering, my head is So please keep <laughs> right. it going. <laughs> if you keep hammering, the spirits will leave me alone. <laughs> I just don't hear them at least. <laughs> <laughs> right. So within the house, um, Sarah had this thing about the number 13. She made it a huge part of the mantra and macabre theme. So the chandeliers had to have 13 arms. Clothes hooks had to have 13 sprouted knobs. Hmm. The drain covers had to have 13 holes. Windows had to have 13 panes, ceilings, 13 panels, stairways, 13 steps. And even her will was divided into 13 parts and she signed it 13 times. Wow. Crazy, right? Like, yeah. Like one person's 13 being bad luck is another person's 13 being infested. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so the mansion had grew to more than 400 rooms until 1906. Jeez. Um, yeah. When an earthquake kind of shook the home and yep. several yep. floors had collapsed uh the big earthquake of San including Francisco. a hundred foot observation tower. Yep. Oh my gosh. Yep. Can wow. you imagine that tower just like coming down? So I'm Sarah. Oh, I'm sorry. Did they ahead. say, no, that's okay. Did they say how, like how much square footage this was at that point? Um, sh so she has, the house was 24,000 square foot. 24,000. Oh, okay. Yeah. And there's all types of, little runoff buildings connected this thing it's insane i have some pictures that i'll put up okay so um wow. sarah she survived the earthquake but she, 
I know this isn't funny, but with all those bedrooms, she got trapped in one of the bedrooms and buried in a world in a wall behind a bunch of rubble until the oh. construction workers could dig her out. Oh my gosh. Well, good thing she hired them so much. <laughs> right. <laughs> they're always there. <laughs> yeah. They're like, we can, we know something's not right. Right. We don't hear her yelling. And screaming. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, in the house, uh, Sarah slept in a different bedroom every night because she was trying to evade the haunting spirits that had, and um, she had tons of fake toilets to fool the ghosts. But, <laughs> yeah. You can't catch me in here. <laughs> okay, Sam, this is your room and this is your toilet. <laughs> She's like, they think I'm going to this toilet, but I'm actually going over here. So <laughs> It's so weird. So she had lots of um, stairs constructed that didn't lead to anywhere or it would just lead to the ceiling. Um, she had doors and cabinets open to walls and balconies um, that sat inside the house rather than outside of the house. Can you imagine like there's just balconies in the house for no apparent reason? She had I mean, skylights put in the floors like... <laughs> Can you imagine being a ghost in that house too? Like, you would be so confused, <laughs> like what? <laughs> or you think you got me, but yes, right. I know where this staircase goes, and it's nowhere. Right. Don't even try it. It's not bad I, enough that I died at one of your guns' <laughs> hands. Right. I can see you through the floors. Don't think you've escaped me. <laughs> I know which toilet you're going to. Can you imagine skylights in the floor and like skylights aren't even that really, they're not that sturdy and they have leaks all the time. What if you step yeah. up and fall through the floor? Well, especially with the glass that they used back then, like today's glass, right. maybe, you know, you're, you're probably good. Cause you have like bridges, like at the grand Canyon and everything that are made of well, glass. Right. So you could probably but I'm sure, do it now, but back then, but back then, no uh-uh. way. No, you're going right no. through that hole. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Somebody's down below. They're like, uh, I can see up your dress. And that's like the last thing you ever hear because you're falling through the ceiling. <laughs> oh, she must be in the bathroom. I can see through the skylight. <laughs> or is that a ghost? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's not totally crazy to think about like having a glass floor in your house. Like it might be cool in the it right scenario. Be. In the right scenario. But like... <laughs> But this house, no. Yeah, no. no, not so much. Yeah. Like, they're like, where do you want this? She's like, oh, in the corner over there on the floor. <laughs> you're like, what? <laughs> you do realize these go on the roof, right? <laughs> oh She's like, yeah, 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 just, just yeah, put it yeah. there. Please. Yeah. <laughs> do what I say. Don't stop hammering. Right. I like hear those hammers all night. <laughs> Keep my goblins and ghosts away. <laughs> well, a lot less mouth flapping and a little more hammer in place. Don't, I don't hear your questions. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> How dare you question me and my skylights <laughs> in the floor? <laughs> so oh. she even had small rooms that, that were built inside of a larger room um, and secret doors that could only <laughs> like be closets. accessed. <laughs> like yeah, pretty much but like yeah. huge closets like why is there a bed in here and like, oh, what is so happening funny. that would yeah. be so creepy and then 
you like and then doors that can only be accessed from one side so it's like what it'd be like one of Kincaid's (laughs) pitches you know (laughs) (laughs) oh man and then she had several chimneys that didn't even touch the ceilings so it's just like did she even use them? Because I'm sure all that smoke would pour back into the house. You yeah, know? so they were like attached to an actual fireplace, but they didn't, yeah, they didn't but have like the full flu. No, no, no. Uh, crazy. Yeah. You know, there were spiders and stuff in there, just like having babies. <laughs> yeah, because so, I, I guarantee she didn't <laughs> use them. <laughs> She's like, this is just to fool the ghosts. Right. <laughs> Think I'm burning a fire in here? Gotcha. <laughs> So there was also a door on the first floor, and I actually found a picture of it um, that opens up to a deadly drop to the ground. So it's like, don't get drunk and go out that door. You're dead, you know? <laughs> I Yeah, I've seen that picture, too. And, like, I think that's kind of become one of those notorious, like, it, it definitely, in, in like, inflicts an emotion in you, you know? Um right. Like, just pictures of her house alone, I feel like they're going to be one of those, um, what do they call those tests where, you know, you, like, show people an image. Oh, yeah. And they get, you know, they're afraid of the image. So so they're, like, anxiety-inducing images. I I think that's her house in a nutshell. Well, pretty much. Like, I was looking at pictures online, and I was just like, I don't know how I felt about it. It was confusing. It's it's a little creepy when you're it just is. like looking at it and yeah. It I mean, you, you just see her thought process in a way because it's, it's so, right. it's so scattered. It's creepy, but it's, it's also like a beautiful piece of art. You yeah. Know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. If you have the money to make your house a piece of art, maybe this isn't <laughs> the best way to go, but. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, I just wanted some abstract art in the house, you know, so why not? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't think my ghost liked abstract. I thought they were more of a classical. <laughs> so she even had rooms that were lost and hidden behind fresh construction. Um, there was a room that was, yeah, there was a room found in 1975 and it still had chairs from that time. An oh, old wow. um, phonograph speaker. And it still had a 1910 latch still on the door. Oh, wow. That's cool. Yeah. So this house is 24,000 square feet. It has 10,000 windows, 2,500 doors, 160 rooms now, 52 floor skylights. (laughs) I feel weird saying skylights because they're on the floor. We'll call them floor lights. Floor lights, but then that's also a different thing. (laughs) Right. Four windows. 47, right. <laughs> 47 <laughs> stairways and fireplaces, um, 17 chimneys, 13 bathrooms, nine kitchens. Wow. And yeah, yeah. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people, you know, said that she was a prolific philanthropist. So they thought she kept adding additions to her home as her way of keeping local workers and um, artisans employed. But I mean, which is very noble. Right. And it was also said that she would stop construction sometimes on her house. um, Okay. Maybe 
at least um, a month at a time. If not, some people think that they're not sure that they had the guys working 24 hours. Um, and the last two years of her life, there was no construction at all. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. I wonder what um, she was doing then. Chasing off all those spirits. <laughs> <laughs> so in a letter that she had written, um, she even said that the house looked like it was built by a crazy person, which is, that says a lot. <laughs> like, She's Maybe like, she was just going through something at that time. <laughs> well, <laughs> right. yeah. I mean, and, and, you know, on the one hand, too, I could see if she just hires all these people to stay busy because right. she's around people, you know. Exactly. She, she loses her whole family pretty much. And, right. and at some point, you know, you're going to be a little lonely. Exactly. Well, yeah. You know, you your child passes, your husband passes. Right. Grieving on a very substantial level. Um, exactly. That's depression at its finest. Yeah, she's like, you might call me crazy, but this is true proof that money does buy company. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Maybe not exactly, but with company at least. (laughs) Exactly. No matter if I have to spend millions of dollars. (laughs) Yeah. She's like, I don't need an escort or anything of that nature. I just want to pay for company and they're going to be building right. my house. I need to feel that manly presence. Exactly. <laughs> I need a man's house. So <laughs> in 1922, um, Sarah died at the age of 82 mm. and the builders finally could put down their hammers and they never went back like they're like done and done <laughs> <That's how it's laughs> and there were lots of rooms that were left abandoned and in disrepair oh. and they just didn't care a lot of the workers though had spent most of their entire life working on that yeah house. exactly I mean they had to have been so exhausted um, yeah you know I mean even even if your job is seven days a week 40 hours you know, say of the same thing or whatever, like That's still they're doing the exact same thing essentially. Exactly. And they know they don't have like the end goal, you know, they're not like, I don't have the vision of what this is going to be. So right. that would just, that would take its toll on you for sure. Well, and at least they got paid, you know, and they could take care of their families at least. Right. It's one thing, yeah. but still, still a monotonous job. They're like, yeah. we're yeah. here again to build some more stairs going nowhere. <laughs> yeah, this one, and they, this one takes a turn. Yeah. And he's like, and it has to be 13, man. Right. That's, that's the only vision we have. That's the only idea of what's going on here is it's 13. <laughs> right. Everything is 13. All we They're can like, count on. Ah! <laughs> you can take 13 to the bank, but you can't take anything else to the bank. Don't even try to make blueprints. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> Can you imagine the blueprints for this oh, house? There weren't any. I guarantee it. She's like, um, so today <laughs> I woke up and I decided I wanted a staircase over here and a floor window here. <laughs> She's like, I so I spoke to my ghost besties and I've decided We've all that we want to put <laughs> we want to put a toilet in this this corner. Let's put um a bed next to it (laughs) and 13 stairs (laughs) oh no oh my gosh so and that my friend is the story of the winchester mystery house it's always fascinated me um the whole story and you know i've heard it from so many angles but the consensus is pretty much always well this crazy lady built this house and it's like 
there's so much more to it than just this crazy lady. Exactly. You know? It was like, a work of art. I'm sorry. Yeah, but. it was. And not only, you know, whether she realized it or not, I guess, um, is there artistic value to it. Exactly. But like, like that house is so symbolic of probably her, her mental health. Exactly. And like, just, you know, her whole grieving process is probably brought to life into just by house. looking at that house yeah yeah, yeah. So, exactly I mean if that's what she had to do to cope I I don't know I, f- I feel so bad for her in that regard because she really yeah. did live a sad life um, she did and, well and then too like she had no kids to pass on anything to so she actually did leave it in her will for her niece to have it Oh, and her okay. niece like wanted nothing to do with it. And so she took what she wanted and then auctioned it off. Yeah, that's terrible. And, and now it belongs like some real estate investors bought it. And but like, come on, I would have wanted to keep that thing, like keep it well, in the family. And at what point, you know, does like the historical society take it on and say, OK, no more work can be done on this house at all? Well, so they've um, stopped like nothing will be. Well, of course. Right. You know, yeah, but and then, that's what like the, yeah. It's it's scary when anybody takes on something like that, you know, because exactly like even the Molly Brown house in Denver, you know, um, it's oh, gone yeah. through so I've much ownership. Yeah, and you know, it's gone through so much and ownership. renovations. Yeah, yeah, which there's still so much that's original to the house, but you know, there was exactly. a good chunk of years where nobody really cared they were just like oh this is nothing to do with history really you know right. like, nobody really thinks about that exactly. so they're like oh let's just add this here and let's do this here and let's tear down the wallpaper or right like, you know and and so hopefully this house um the winchester house you know goes on to be like a good museum or like a, a you know a cool thing for yeah well it forever you know yeah well they they still have it to where you can yeah. still go yeah, you tour. can tour it yeah and some people were even like can we please stay in this like we want to rent a room <laughs> yeah can you can and they were like, like <laughs> right? they're like you damn hipsters get out of here yeah <laughs> I want to meet these ghosts that she was <laughs> right. She wanted to well, And one of the workers said like uh, um, a few times late at night, she would see like a silhouette of a lady in a black dress with the black veil just oh, like really? going through the house. Yeah. Interesting. But I'm like, how much of that is really true? We don't know. So. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing with ghost stories is, you know, it's always somebody. Right. Very Somebody rare. saw something. Yeah. <laughs> And, you know, whether or not you believe in ghosts is completely, you know, your, your right or your belief, but, um, you know, I, I personally really like ghost stories. I don't know. Like, I feel like the word believe is a really heavy word. (laughs) So I'm not going to say, I just definitely believe in ghosts. (laughs) Right. I I do think there's something to it. And I think a lot of times it's like an energy maybe that's left behind. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like an aura maybe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Exactly. So I think there's a lot of things that it potentially could be, but I'm always open to hearing a good ghost story. (laughs) Right. For sure. Me too. (laughs) Like, tell me more.
Yeah. Or... <laughs> yes. Tell me more as I twiddle my fingers together and look. <laughs> right. Let me get Tell my me popcorn. More about that ghost. <laughs> Let me get my popcorn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, mostly so, I think it's for me it's the like history behind the ghost stories you know exactly like, okay well so you're saying somebody was murdered there or you're saying you know right. somebody accidentally died there and exactly. there's a presence that's left behind so yeah it's interesting right. it is so yeah I can't wait that's to hear cool. your story I know and now we're gonna yeah it was fun researching I know that well, was and a good they, one. they also they also have um, a movie out and I'm going to try to see if I can find it. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. The movie. I don't think I've seen that. Well, it was released in the UK. Um, oh. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I think back in 2003. But then it was also on AMC. Europe's always like, oh, those Americans and their good stories. Let's make a movie out of it. <laughs> we never right. actually get to see the stories. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> what? There's a movie? <laughs> right. <laughs> Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. If you come across the movie, let us know. Um and yeah, I'll see if I can find it because I'm curious to watch it too. Well, so um it says it's on Netflix now. Oh, is it? It's, yeah, it's called Winchester. Oh, just Winchester. Okay, I'm and adding that. Oh, to I guess and the it was released in February second, twenty eighteen in the US. So. Oh, okay. Yep, I'm I'm gonna be adding that to my yeah. queue, and that's going on the list. Yep, I just did. <laughs> nice, cool. Well, very good story. Well, thank you. Can't wait I to hear I, yours. I hope everyone else enjoyed yours the way that I did. Yes, I sure did. me too. Thanks. Um, yeah. So I am doing the death of Edgar Allan Poe. Um, so. You know, I mean, I'm not going to get into his backstory or who he was. Um, most people know him. And if you don't, then I don't know what else to say. <laughs> like, he's, he's a famous poet. Um, <laughs> um, very talented writer. But um, so I think I think his death is one of those things that not a lot of people know much about. Right. Um, and it was so mysterious. And so, you know, I mean, it, it hasn't been solved. It's it's right. just this very odd situation. Um, so many, so many people have like, like made up things. And then I think there was even a movie, right? Like, oh, I'm sure. I, I think there's more than one, to be honest. Um, I I'm haven't sure. seen any of them. Um, I just watched like the documentaries and stuff. Um but yeah, so um, the backstory on his death is um, September 27th, uh, 1849. Um, Edgar Allan Poe was in Richmond, Virginia at the time. And he left Richmond, Virginia, and he was bound for Philadelphia. He was heading to Philadelphia to edit a collection of poems for um, a lady, by the, which we would call Mrs. St. Leon loud um and she was a, a minor figure in american poetry at the time um so he he leaves on september 27th from richmond virginia again bound for philadelphia um and on october 3rd about a week later he turns up in baltimore um and no one no one really heard or knew 
as to why um, he didn't arrive in Philadelphia. Um, nobody knew where he was going to be. Yeah, that's and a big jump. <laughs> it's it's pretty crazy. I mean, it's it's big enough, and you know, back then everything was a little bit slower. So it, exactly, you know, he's on a slower train to to Philadelphia, but you know, should have been there. Um, right. And so um, on October third, this guy by the name of Joseph Walker, um, I think he did something in journalism. Um, he ends up finding Poe and he finds him like semi-conscious at this point. And he's laying in the gutter in just like, you know, I, I'm trying to think of a good polite way to say the clothing he had on. Um, it wouldn't or have been like clothing. tattered and yeah, a little bit. Um, they were, they were just kind of secondhand, I guess. Um, so not really how he normally dressed. Uh, so you know, he's semi-conscious, he'd been beaten, um, and he he's laying in the gutter and in these clothes that he wouldn't really be caught warring. Uh, warring? <laughs> he wouldn't be. <laughs> That's all right. I wore, wore my clothes, clothes you know, I wore it. <laughs> <laughs> I wore my clothes. We both um, like to wear them. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so he's he's not sure what to do, um, and it you know at some point within that time frame he realizes who this guy is and he's Edgar Allan Poe. Um, and at that time in Baltimore they were actually gearing up for an election, um, and so Poe was actually found outside of uh, this pop up election stand um, area that they that they were doing, and. Um, he just, he didn't know what he was really doing. Um, <laughs> I don't think he necessarily <laughs> totally realized where he was. Um, he did ask, he did ask Walker, Joseph Walker to um, reach out to somebody by the name of Joseph E. Snodgrass, um, who was You're a magazine relative. <laughs> somewhere, <laughs> probably. Um, and he was a magazine editor uh, with some medical training uh, who Poe knew. Um, and so, of course, Walker penned, because all you could do was write letters back then, um, <laughs> penned this guy and saying, um, the letter read, there's a gentleman rather the worst for the wear at Ryan's fourth ward polls who goes under the cognomen of Edgar Allan Poe, or Edgar A. Poe, he said, uh, and who appears to be in great distress. And he says he is acquainted with you. He is in need of immediate assistance. Um and so um, he, you know, and originally to, uh, he actually had been living in New York, Edgar Allan Poe had. Um, so I'm, I'm not totally sure. I think he was just doing some work in Richmond, Virginia when he was down there. And he was also supposed to get married. Uh, I don't remember when, I think it was like the next week after he was found, he was supposed to get mm -hmm. married. Um, and so he was also, not only was he going to Philadelphia, but he was supposed to head back to New York to collect his aunt and help her back down to Richmond. Um, and I think that's where the wedding was going to be was down in Richmond. Um, he was going to bring his to aunt. Collect my aunt. <laughs> Coming to collect my aunt from New York. Peace by peace. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> he kind of began in Baltimore. Um, that's where he launched his career in the early 19th century. 
and so it was, it, you know, it's kind of a weird place for him to end up. Um, anyway, so he actually ended up dying on October 7th. Um, he really never regained enough consciousness to explain, like, what happened and how he ended up where he did. Um, I know. And the, like, the clothes that he was wearing obviously weren't his. Um, and he basically would have these like fits of delirium in the hospital um, as, you know, for that, that time from between when he was found until October 7th and he would have visual hallucinations and um, the night before he died, um, his attending physician said that he, ca- he repeatedly called out for Reynolds a figure who to this day remains a mystery. So no one knows who this Reynolds guy is. Um, I wonder if it was someone that he had met, you know, while he was in that time. Yeah. Um, So, and, and really I'd like to know the context of what, you know, when he's calling out the name, is he calling it out like in anger? Is he calling it out as in like pleading for help is, you know, like how was he actually saying it or, you know, and it may not have come out, of his mouth the way that he was hearing it in his head so that part, <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> so exactly like what is he you know which one is it like is he who who is this Reynolds person and and what did they do to him so yeah he uh they you know they've talked about like um how it's you know, seems ripped directly from pages of his own works because he had spent years crafting a careful image of a man inspired by adventure and fascinated with enigmas, a poet, a detective, an author, a world traveler who fought in the Greek War of Independence and was held prisoner in Russia. But his death certificate listed the cause of death as, so this is my turn to be ignorant and not (laughs) (laughs) It it listed the cause of death as, Phrenitis, which it's P-H-R-E-N-I-T-I-S, or swelling of the brain. Um, The mysterious circumstances surrounding his death have led many to speculate about the true cause of Poe's demise. Um, And then it says maybe it's fitting that he invented the detective story, which is the curator of the Poe Museum in Richmond, Virginia, that that says these quotes. Uh, Mm -hmm. He says he left us with a real-life mystery. There's some other things going on here. Number one, at that time, um, voter fraud, election fraud, however you want to put it, was was just um, rampant. You know, like that's pretty much how it happened. Um, it was called um, cooping. It was voter fraud practiced by gangs in the 19th century, um, <laughs> where they would they would take an unsuspecting victim kidnap them, disguise them, and forced to vote for a specific candidate multiple times under multiple distinct uh, disguised identities um, is what they um, would do. So they would kidnap these people, change their look, take them to different locations, and have them vote for a, you know, for a certain party. Um, and this was... Probably what happened to him since he was in, like, tattered clothing. And yeah, and that's what eaten, they think. That's, that's the, he probably fought the, back. Yeah, that's the theory after all this time is what people think happened to him is that he was kidnapped and made to vote for somebody. Um, And then, you know, I mean, because it was so common, especially in Baltimore in the mid 1800s, and he was found at a polling site 
and um and also the fact that he was found delirious on election day they don't think is a coincidence um right so it's it's become very accepted. It's the widely accepted explanation for his death and his strange demeanor before his death. Um, and before prohibition, voters were given alcohol after voting as a sort of reward. Um, had been had Poe been forced to vote multiple times in a cooping scheme, that might explain his semi-conscious, ragged state. Um, and around around the late 1870s, Poe's biography biographer J.H. Ingram uh, received several letters that blamed Poe's death on a cooping scheme. A letter from William Hand Brown, a member of the faculty at Johns Hopkins, explains that the general belief here is that Poe was seized by one of these gangs. Uh, mm-hmm. His death happening on the election at the election time, right at and an election for sheriff took place on October 4th. Um, Coop, stupefied with liquor, dragged out and voted and then turned adrift to die um, is what happened. That's what they think. Um, yeah. He was so, probably all sauced up before he even <laughs> was beat up and kidnapped, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of the ideas have come up over the years that centered around the fact that Poe couldn't handle alcohol. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I mean, they, you know, they've said that a glass of wine it would totally do him in and he'd be completely drunk. Um, and I, supposedly his sister had the same problem and they, they try to say it's her- hereditary, um, that they just can't handle their liquor. But he, um, months before his death, he actually became a vocal member of the temperance movement, um, eschewing alcohol, which he'd struggled with all his life. Um, so in one of his biographers, uh, or a bi- biographer, Susan Archer Talley, Talley Weiss, <laughs> she has a long name, Susan Archer Talley Weiss, um, recalled in her <laughs> biography, <laughs> the last days of Edgar Allan Poe, or Edgar A. Poe, an event toward the end of Poe's time in Richmond that might be relevant to theorists that prefer the, a death by drinking demise for Poe. Poe had fallen ill in Richmond and after making somewhat miraculous recovery was told by his attending physician that another such attack would prove fatal. Um, So she's, you know, according to her, she said, um, if people would not tempt him, he would not fall, suggesting that the first illness was brought on by a bout of drinking. Um, And those around him in his final days convinced the author um, that he did fall into temptation and was drinking himself to death. And a close friend of his wrote on October 10th of that year, 1849, uh, on Tuesday last, Edgar A. Poe died in town here at a hospital from the effects of debauch, dot, dot, dot. He fell in with some companion here who seduced him into the bottle, which it was said he had renounced some time ago. The consequence was fever, delirium, madness, and in a few days, termination of his sad career in the hospital. Poor Poe, a bright but unsteady light, has been awfully quenched. Um, so a lot of people did try to say that he was drinking, um, yeah. and that yeah, it, like that's what ended up leading to it. Um, I'm a little more, I'm a little more of the like this was the the gangs of cooping, but yeah, um, I feel like it is. T- 
do because yeah it, it just checks out a little sense, more i guess you know yeah well and like even right. if he was drunk you know like let's say he even went into a drunk drunken stupor for a week okay that's one thing but why did he end up where he ended up in baltimore in weird clothes like why would he go through all of that effort to change everything about his appearance um it just doesn't right. really check out makes no sense no um some people have tried to say that he actually died from carbon monoxide poisoning um, from coal, gla- coal gas that was used <sighs> for indoor lighting during the 19th century. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. And then, you know, they tested his hair in 99, I guess, for certain heavy metals. Um, yeah. It, I don't know about that, you know, and they've tested, like they, they think possibly heavy metal poisoning, Um some people even said rabies. Um, like <laughs> they think they think he had rabies. <laughs> Some people said a brain tumor. Some people said the flu. Um, you know, yeah, a lot, heard of, people a lot said of those. Murder. Yeah, and I, I'm not saying that they're completely ridiculous, but it's it just doesn't make sense. He leaves one day from Richmond. Right headed to somewhere completely different and then exactly. doesn't end up anywhere that he says he's going to be. Right. Um, Kidnapping is uh, very high up there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and then they've also said that somebody murdered him. Like for instance, um, one of his, one of the brothers of his wealthy fiance murdered him. Um, and I'm, you know, they did they didn't want him marrying their sister or something. Um right. And so, you know, they they went through the effort of changing his appearance to throw people off in the end, um, for a while. But I don't know. I, I'm still inclined to believe it's the voter fraud. So that's kind of why I decided to go with this one today. Um a lot of talk of voter fraud this this past few months. Um which I don't necessarily agree with, but you know, it's, it's a topic and this was a time when that actually did happen. So we've come a long way. So that is the mysterious death of Edgar Allan Poe, which to this day, no one really knows. And I don't know that we ever will, but it's sad and it's crazy. Have you ever been to his gravesite in Maryland? I have not. Have you? No, but um, I'm going to go. Awesome. Um, yeah, I would love to go. I want to go to his museum, too. Because it's, it's in Baltimore. I don't think it's very far, a far drive. Yeah, I think that and the museum and all of that would be really interesting. Yeah, you should come out here and go with me. I totally will. We'll add that to our list. We have so many places to check out that we're talking about. Yeah. And I, I guess like on his tombstone, you know, because he's so famous for the raven, they have mm-hmm. the raven on his tombstone. Yes, I've heard that. Um, yeah. He's he's a mysterious kind of figure. Um, a very interesting guy who yeah. at any point it would have been interesting to know what was going on in his head, you know. And, and to... Right. You know, to to actually end up dying of mysterious circumstances when you've built your life in mystery, like it's interesting. It's just really exactly. It is. 
So that was today's episode. We hope you guys enjoyed these stories as much as we did. Um, again, yes. if you'd like to have us talk about something that you know of or you want to contribute and be on our show or anything like that, um, you can email us at podcasts at gmail.com or you can message us on Instagram. Again, Podcast is the handle. So thanks for being here with us, guys. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you liked today's episode, please like and subscribe and tell your friends. Once again, I'm Heather. And I'm Stacy. And you're, and you're listening, listening to Crime Me a River, a true crime and obscurity podcast. podcast.